slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to today's edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Great to be with you, as always, and a mixed bag for the Islanders this weekend. A rough start to things Friday night as they fell in their game in Chicago, a game they probably should have won, but they bounced back well yesterday with a win in Minnesota over the Wild, still waiting on the biggest of the three games on this road trip. That one coming up Tuesday afternoon against the Washington Capitals in Washington, so we'll certainly have a full preview of that game coming up tomorrow. Lots to talk about on today's show, including the two games over the weekend, and we'll have a big showdown between the Islanders and the Flyers to talk about in this date in Islanders history. As always, if you want to join the conversation, send us an email, the address lockedonislanders at gmail.com and leave your name and where you're from and we'll be happy to read your question or discuss the topic you want to discuss on the air. You could follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, and we will keep you up to date on all things New York Islanders. Also, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and a rating on your podcatcher of choice. That will help other Islander fans and hockey fans find the show, and we always, of course, want to have more people listening in. All right, so before we break down yesterday's game against the Wild, let's talk briefly about Friday night's poor showing in Chicago against the Blackhawks. And look, disappointing game all the way around. Ross Johnston got the Islanders on the board at the 5.50 mark of the first period, and they led 1-0. But overall, after that, The bottom falls out. They give up the next five goals to a struggling Chicago Blackhawks team and end up with the loss. Neither goaltender playing particularly well. Thomas Grice, struggling as of late, gave up three goals on just 11 shots. Simeon Varlamov came in, did a little bit better, gave up two goals on 19 shots. So, tough outing for both goaltenders. The story, however, in this game really was the goaltender for the Blackhawks, in this case, Robin Lehner. He makes 38 saves, and the Islanders piled up 40 shots on Lehner, but essentially, the former Islander 
sending a little message to his teammates that, hey, uh, you kind of made the wrong decision by letting me go. And uh, Laner with the emotional win. Good game overall for the Blackhawks. Duncan Keith with two assists. Dylan Strom with two assists. But for the Islanders, a frustrating performance. And again, defensively, which is not what you expect from this Islanders team. And I think that's the big issue. And, you know, when during this little slump as of late... It's been the goaltending and the defense, which really are sort of the hallmarks of a Barry Trotz coach team and the hallmark of this Islanders team that have let them down more than anything. Now, Noah Dobson, Leo Komarov were the scratches for the Islanders Friday night. And you look at the shot chart and the chart really kind of tells the story of this game. The Islanders had a lot of quality chances, but Laner came up big throughout. A uh, lot of chances from in close, as well as a lot of shots from the point areas. But Chicago, not as many shots on goal, but so many of them from in between the circles and on down. And that really sort of spelled disaster for the Islanders in this game and is the big reason why they lost. And look, the Islanders clearly are missing right now, uh, missing Cal Clutterbuck and what he brings to the table, but they have got to do a better job, especially defensively, than they did on Friday night. And just a frustrating performance overall. Maybe some of the highlights Matt Martin did record nine hits, but he also took a 10-minute misconduct late in the game. Uh, you know, again, that's not something that affects the uh, manpower advantage, and by that point, the game was, for all intents and purposes, over. But I think the, the big disappointment, again, the poor defensive play by the Islanders, not what you expect. Boychuk and Mayfield each blocked three shots. Ryan Pulak, however, a minus two, as was Anders Lee, Jordan Eberle, and Matthew Barzal, and Anthony Beauvillier. So a lot of players just sort of struggling uh, <clears throat> on the plus minus. The last goal for the Islanders, a shorthanded tally by Casey Sezikis. That at least a little bit encouraging. But uh, overall, other than special teams and the hitting didn't see what you want from the Islanders defensively in this contest. And you look at, you know, the two goal scorers, Ross Johnston and Casey Sezikis, that tells you that the Islanders' top line uh, wasn't getting points on the board. Their top six forwards basically did not register a single point in the game against Chicago. And yeah, again, in order to win consistently, your best players have to be your best players. And, you know, in this game, realistically speaking, they, they just weren't. And as a result, they fall in a game that most people said they should have had a pretty good chance of winning to a Blackhawks team that is on the outside looking in when it comes to 
playoffs. Even after this win, they're still below NHL 500. And believe it or not, by losing this game, uh, briefly at least, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins passed the Islanders in the standings for second place in the Metropolitan Division before the Islanders game with the Wild on uh, Sunday evening. So lots to play for Sunday, uh, yesterday, as the Islanders look to reverse things against the Wild and, and beat back that slump they've been having. We will talk about that game in depth, plus we'll have this Dayton Islanders history and a lot more. So stay with us on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Okay, so yesterday it was the Islanders and the Wild in Minnesota. The goaltender, Simeon Varlamov for the Islanders. Devin Dubnik for the Minnesota Wild. The scratches for the Islanders, Michael Dal Cole and Noah Dobson. And the Islanders got off to a solid start in this game. They came out as the more aggressive team. They were out playing and out shooting Minnesota early had some good scoring chances overall early on, but they were unable to convert on any of them. And a little rough stuff, Ryan Hartman and Scott Mayfield each go off for holding midway through the period, but uh, overall, no, no breakthrough. Now, Matthew Barzal had a very good shift late in the period, or a little bit past the halfway mark anyway. Aggressive on the forecheck, kept the puck in the zone by stick handling and deking very, very well, and then created a scoring chance off it. That came with about, oh, let's say six minutes left in the opening period, but no no goal results from it. And then, just a, less than a minute after that, Ryan Donato gets Minnesota on the board. His eighth of the year from Ryan Suter and Joel Erickson. Time of that goal, 15:43, And just, you know, again, a, a good play. Ryan Suter did a good job keeping the puck in the zone and basically was able to help set up Donato for that goal. And then... It was one to nothing in favor of Minnesota. And shortly after that, just to make things worse, Anders Lee goes off for interfering with Jared Spurgeon and a big penalty kill right there for the Islanders. 328 left in the period, and the Islanders managed to kill it off. Wild had their chances. They were in the zone on the power play for a while. They moved the puck well, but Varlamov came up with a couple of big saves, and the Islanders, you know, kept them on the perimeter for the most part and were able to kill it off. Then the Islanders get a power play with a minute six left in the period. Jordan Greenway pulled down Cunackle. Time of the penalty, 1854. The call was tripping. That power play got off to a good start, but they were unable to convert. And after one period, it was one to nothing. Minnesota Wild started off, you know, the Islanders started off the period strong, were up in shots like five to one at one point. But by the end of the period, the Wild outshot the Islanders by a margin of 12 to 10. Islanders unable to convert 
on that power play that they still had, what, 53 seconds left heading into the second period. And as a result, we are still scoreless. Got to give credit to Devin Dubnik. Every time the Islanders got shots, the Wild defenders and the goaltender himself, Dubnik, did a good job of essentially not giving the Islanders quality second chances in this game. Not a lot of rebounds, not a lot of deflections, and early on especially, that was a credit to the Minnesota defense, and you could see the frustration growing for the Islanders as the game progressed. But the encouraging thing, I think, if you were an Islander fan, after giving up five goals to Chicago and eight goals to Nashville and five goals, was it, to Boston? You know, after giving up a lot of goals in recent games, at least the Islanders were playing better sound defense in this contest. And yeah, they gave up the goal and uh, in the first period, but they really did a pretty good job of tightening up. In the second period... Uh, Minnesota had only five shots on goal. Islanders had 10, and it was 20 to 17 after 40 minutes. The Islanders out shooting the Wild, and the third period began on a Minnesota power play when Matthew Barzal canceled out a Minnesota shorthanded situation. Minnesota was called for too many men on the ice at 17-12. Barzal called for holding the stick at 18.37, so there was a little bit of power play time that extended into the third period, but the Islanders, again, were able to successfully kill off that penalty, and that was important, uh, again, for momentum purposes, because you can't afford to lose this hockey game. And essentially, the Islanders managed to tie the game at the 424 mark of the period. And in the end, Ryan Pulak got credit for the goal, his sixth, Barzal and Pelik with the helpers. And, you know, the puck was loose in the crease for a little while. And Dubnik wanted, Devin Dubnik wanted a whistle. Didn't get one. The Islanders end up putting the puck home. And they tie the hockey game at 1-1. So, all even, and that is the situation now, just 4:24 into the period. Now, the prettiest goal of the game comes less than, uh, well, basically, uh, a minute 37 seconds later, Leo Komarov, with a beautiful pass as he's falling down to the ice on his rear, Slides the puck across to Matt Martin. Martin beats Dubnik, and it's 2-1 to Islanders. Martin's third goal of the season, Kamarov's fifth assist, and give the second assist to Nick Letty, his 13th helper of the year. And the Islanders led for the first time in the game by a 2-1 to margin. Now, with that assist... That was the 300th career point for defenseman Nick Letty. So congratulations to Letty 
on reaching that milestone on the Matt Martin goal. And all of a sudden, it's a 2-1 to Islanders lead, and we reach the midway point of the period. Then Scott Mayfield called for roughing at 10.35 of the third period. He takes down Eric Stahl, and all of a sudden, Minnesota had a chance to tie the hockey game with a big power play chance with a little less than half a period remaining. We will discuss the rest of the third period, plus we'll have this date in Islanders history, and a whole lot more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, we are back, and look, that penalty by Mayfield, pretty pretty obvious one, because he literally picked up Stahl, which isn't easy to do, Eric Stahl, a big guy, and pushed him on top of the goaltender. So that was the the call, but the Islanders did a very strong job of penalty killing, and that was that was clutch. That was key, because the Islanders could not afford to allow the game to get tied up, would have lost the momentum. You're on the road, clinging to a one-goal lead midway through the third period. You need a big penalty kill, and that's exactly what the Islanders got, and that was huge. And finally, at the 17:29 mark of the final stanza, Tom Cunackle gets his first goal of the season, assists to Brock Nelson, and it came off the draw, uh, setting that one up, and suddenly with 2:31 left, the Islanders now had a three-to-one lead in this game with about 2:20 left in regulation time. The Wild pulled Dubnik in a in a chance, trying to desperately tie this game up and get the two goals back. They were unsuccessful. Varlamov came up with a couple of pretty good saves, but the Islanders end up snapping that three-game losing streak, and they had lost four of five, although one three and one in that five-game skid. And the Islanders hold on for the three-to-one win. In Minnesota, Varlamov, 25 saves to earn the victory. That's a 962 save percentage. Looking at the box score, some good face-off work for the Islanders. Josh Bailey wins 5 of 8. Brock Nelson, 10 of 17. And Casey Sezikis, also 7 out of 13. So they all did their jobs. And great to see Kuhnhackle get his first goal. Look look at the goal scorers. Pulak, Kuhnhackle, and Matt Martin. Not exactly uh, the, you know, big top six forwards contributing offensively. But, you know, if you're going to win consistently, you need those other players to make their contributions. Hit-wise, Nick Letty had uh, three hits for the Islanders, and believe it or not, that and uh, he and Matt Martin were tied with three hits apiece to lead the Islanders. Not a lot of hits uh, recorded in this game by the Wild uh, official scorer. Block shots, Scotty Mayfield had three for the Islanders in that department. As far as ice time, among the forwards, no shock, Matthew Barzal leads the way with 1909. And among defensemen, Adam Pellick 
22 minutes, 5 seconds of ice time. Ryan Pulak right behind him with 21.51. And again, as we mentioned, Nick Letty reaching the 300 points for his career milestone in this game. All right, it is time for this date in Islanders history. We go back to December 30th, 1975. Islanders at the Nassau Coliseum to host their rivals, the Philadelphia Flyers. At this point, the Flyers are the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions at the height of the Broad Street bully era. Islanders get on the board quickly and early with Mel Bridgman off for tripping. Billy Harris scores his 14th goal of the year on the power play from Clark Gillies and Jean Potvin, time of the goal, 319. Then Jude Druan makes it a 2-0 Islanders lead. J.P. Parise and Eddie Westfall get the helpers, time of the goal, 1508. And at the end of the first period, it was two to nothing Islanders. Now, remember the previous season, the Flyers had knocked the Islanders out of the playoffs in a thrilling seven-game semifinal, and the Flyers came storming back in this game in the second period. Rick McLeish got two goals in the second period, both of them on the power play. First, his 17th from Bobby Clark and Reggie Leach at 3.54, and then his 18th at the 6.37 mark, Moose DuPont and Larry Goodenough with the helpers on that one, and all of a sudden, the game is deadlocked at 2-2. But late in the second period, with the score still even at 2, Bobby Nystrom gets his 12th of the year, from Andre St. Laurent and Burt Marshall, time of the goal, 15:59, And all of a sudden, it is 3-2 Islanders after 40 minutes. We go to the third period. More drama here as Nystrom strikes again. An even strength goal at 7:24, His 13th from Gary Howitt. And it was 4-2 Islanders. Billy Harris adds to the Islanders' lead with his second goal of the game, his 15th of the year. Rookie Brian Trottier with the assist on the power play at 12.55, and then with just 26 seconds remaining, it's Nystrom, his 14th unassisted at 19.34. That completes the hat trick for Bobby Nye, and the Islanders skate away with a exciting 6-2 win over the Flyers. The goalies in this one, Chico Resch for the Islanders. He made 34 saves to earn the win. Wayne Stevenson in between the pipes for an injured Bernie Perrant. He gave up all six goals, made 31 saves on 37 shots. Islanders beating the Flyers 6-2 on this date in Islanders history, December 30th, 1975. All right, that's going to do it for us here on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Don't forget to join us tomorrow. We'll have a full preview of the Tuesday matinee between the Islanders and the Washington Capitals. Big game for the Islanders there. If they can win it, they will pick up two important points and get closer to the first place Capitals in the standings. Again, the Islanders only one point ahead of the Pittsburgh Penguins 
for second place right now in the Metropolitan Division, although the Islanders do have a game in hand. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.